Good evening, everyone. Tonight, I'll be talking about Word of Wisdom. God has revealed the Word of Wisdom as a commandment for his, the physical and spiritual benefit of his children. The prophet Joseph Smith received revelation on the on February 27, 1833, and, and it's now recorded in section 89 of the Doctrine Covenants. In Revelation, the Lord teaches healthy principles. He also prom, prom, prohibits some substances that are not good for the human body. Doctrine Covenants 89, section 89. Sorry about that. In the word of wisdom, the Lord declared that the fallen fruits are good. Fruits, wholesome herbs, including vegetables, which should be used by with the protection and thanksgiving. Don Covenants 89.10-11 And again, I say unto you, the wholesome herbs, God hath ordinance for the custom, nature, and use of man. 11. Every herb that's in the season, therefore, and every fruit in the season, thereof, all these to be used with produce and thanksgiving. The flesh of beets and the fowl of the air, which is to be used, see Dr. Guns 89. Section eighty nine ten through eleven. Uh, section uh, section ten eighty nine verse ten and twelve and thirteen. It says, "Yea, flesh also of beasts and of the fowl of the air. I, the Lord, have ordinance of the use of man with and given. Nevertheless, they are to be used sparingly, and and it, and it's pleasure unto me that." They should not be used only at the time of the winter or cold or famine. Greens, which such as wheat, rice, and oats, which are the staff of uh, staff of life. Don Covenants eighty nine. 14 through 17, it says, 
All grain is ordered for this use of man, and beets to be stuff of life, not only of for man, but of the beasts of the field and the fowl of heaven, all wild animals that run or creep on the earth. And these hath God made for the use of man only in times of famine and exceeding of hunger. All grain is good for the food of man, also the fruit of the vineyard, that which is yielded fruit whether in the garden or above the ground. Nevertheless, what of the man, a corn of the ox and oats? Alcohol drinks. Dr. Covenants 89.5-7 says, That insomuch as any man drinketh wine or strong drink among you, behold, it is not good, neither meat in the, in the sight of your father. Only assemble yourself together to offer up your sacrament before him. And behold, this should be wine ye pure wine of the grape of the vineyard of your own make and again strong drinks are not for the belly but of the washing of your body tobacco dark and covenants 89 8 and again tobacco is not for the body neither for the belly it is not good for man but is the herb of bush bruises and all suck cattle to use with judgment and skill. Tea and coffee. Dr. Covenants 89.9 it says, Again, hot drinks are not for the bitter of the belly. Latter-day Saints prophet have taught that the term hot drinks are winter in the this verse refused to tea and coffee. The Lord promised in good health and wisdom, knowledge, and protect, uh, protecting to those who obey the word of wisdom. 89, Dr. Covenant section 89, verse 18 and 21, it says, And it shall, and all saints, and all saints who remember to keep, to do these saying, walking in the obedience to the commandment, shall receive health in the navel, marrow in the bones, and shall find wisdom and great treasure of knowledge, even hidden treasure. And it shall run and not be weary, and shall walk and not faint. And I, the Lord, give unto them a promise that destroy any angel should pass by them as the children of Israel, not to slay them. Amen. Since in the direction prophet have taught about the importance of following the word of wisdom, in addition, they have taught church members to avoid substance that impel judgment or harmful or highly addictive. Whether legal or legal, for example, vaping, the measure of prescription drugs, reduction use of marijuana, building church teaching, handbook, uh, the general handbook serving in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Word of Wisdom.
The word of wisdom is the law of health for physical and spiritual benefit of God's children. It is including the instruction about what food are good for us and those symptoms to avoid over time. Church leaders have provided additional instruction on these things that encourage or forbidden by the word of wisdom, have taught that symptoms that are direct habit forming or activity should be avoided. In recent population of the church members, church leaders have clarified that several symptoms are prohibited by the word of wisdom, including vaping, e-cigarettes, green tea, and coffee-based products. They also contain substance and marijuana uh, opioids should be used only for medical purpose, protecting convenient physician. Prophets have taught that we should also f- follow health pr- procedures such as nurturing eating with regardless extension thing to prepare and getting a suffering rest neck rest in first Corinthians three first Corinthians chapter three verse sixteen seventeen it says Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defy the temple of God, he shall God God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which is temple ye are. For behold, the beast of the field, and the fowl of the air, and the which cometh of the earth, is ordained for the using of men, for food for women, and that it that he might have in abundance. But if not good that one man should process that which is above another, wherefore the word lent in sin. And who be unto that said, saith, blood or the waste flesh hath no need. In Dr. Connors 59, 659, 15 and 20, it says, And insomuch as ye do these things with thanksgiving, with cheerful heart, and contend not with much laughter, for this, this is a sin, but with a glad heart and a servant content. Really, I say that insomuch as ye do this, the fullness of the earth is yours. The Beasts of the field and the fowl of the air, and which climbeth upon the trees, walketh upon the earth. Yea, the habits and the good things which come from the earth, with whether for food. Then Dr. Cummins 88, 124 says, Cease to be idle, cease to be un- unclean, cease to find fault one or another, to sleep longer than needful, retire to the bed early, that ye may not be weary. Arise early, that ye bodies and your minds may be in, in, 
interns. Uh, just a minute. <clears throat> I'm going to do a couple of videos. And then I'm going to talk about what I thought about uh, the word of wisdom in my life. This minute, sorry about that. Okay, here's a video Addiction for Free Freedom. From President Wesson and Nelson. October 1988 General Conference. I am impressed to speak out on a problem of deep concern the worldwide epidemic of drug addiction. As a medical doctor, my study of drugs began early in medical school. Each doctor spends months in specialized courses learning potential benefits and risks of medicinal agents. Proper prescription of drugs is the forte of skilled physicians. Generally, when their advice is carefully followed, results are remarkably successful. In addressing this topic, I specifically exclude such application of modern knowledge by educated professionals. But I raise my voice with others throughout the world who warn against abuse of drugs beyond prescribed limits and the recreational or social use of chemical substances so often begun naively by the ill-informed. From an initial experiment thought to be trivial, a vicious cycle may follow. From trial comes a habit. From habit comes dependence. From dependence comes addiction. Its grasp is so gradual. Enslaving shackles of habit are too small to be sensed until they are too strong to be broken. Indeed, drugs are the modern mess of pottage for which souls are sold. No families are free from risk. But the problem is broader than hard drugs. Their use most often begins with cigarette smoking. Tobacco and alcoholic beverages contain addicting drugs. They lead the list in incidence and cost to society. 
As I speak with governmental and medical leaders of many nations, they voice grave concern over the consumption of alcohol and other substances by their citizens. Though the extent of the challenge is international, data from the United States of America will be cited solely to indicate the monstrous scope of this worldwide problem. Consider the magnitude of tobacco's harm. Cigarette smoking is the most pre frequent preventable cause of heart disease, artery disease, lung disease, and cancer. In the USA in 1982, 16% of all deaths were attributed to the smoking of tobacco. For the year 1985, the estimated cost of both smoking-related health care and lost productivity amounted to $65 billion. That calculates to an average of $2.17 per pack of cigarettes sold. Social consequences of smoking far exceed the price paid to purchase cigarettes. An insurance company recently reported that one-fifth of all its claims were for afflictions that could have been prevented by simply not smoking. We all bear this financial burden of illness that need not be. Surgeon General Dr. C. Everett Koop and his team of more than 50 scientists recently published a landmark report. For the USA alone, they attributed 320,000 deaths annually to tobacco, 125,000 to alcohol, and lesser mortality from cocaine and other opioids. They declared nicotine to be a powerfully addicting drug in the same sense as our drugs such as heroin and cocaine. Comparable views have been recorded by medical authorities in many other nations. Yet many of our good friends who use tobacco may not believe it to be addicting. Some are reluctant to admit their behavior is substantially controlled by a drug. We understand those feelings. There's mounted concern worldwide over the consumption of alcohol. The U.S. government estimates that 10.6 million adults are alcoholics and that one family in four is troubled by alcohol. It is a factor in nearly half of the nation's murders, suicides, and accidental deaths. Last year, a tragic milestone was reached. More Americans had been killed from alcohol-related motor vehicle deaths than had been killed in all the wars America has ever fought. Drugs such as LSD, marijuana, heroin, and cocaine are also endangering people throughout the earth. The noble attributes of reason, integrity, dignity, which distinguish men and women from all other forms of life, are often first to be attacked by these drugs and alcohol. We reach out in love to family, friends, and neighbors, regardless of nationality or creed, who suffer addiction. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints continues to help relieve this international plague. The solution to this problem ultimately is neither governmental nor institutional, nor is it a question of legality. It is a matter of individual choice and commitment. Agency must be understood. The importance of the will in crucial choices must be known. Then, steps toward relief can follow. Agency, or the power to choose, was ours as spirit children of our Creator 
before the world was. It is a gift from God, nearly as precious as life itself. Often, however, agency is misunderstood. While we are free to choose, once we've made those choices, we are tied to the consequences of those choices. We are free to take drugs or not. But once we choose to use a habit-forming drug, we are bound to the consequences of that choice. Addiction surrenders later freedom to choose. Through chemical means, one can literally become disconnected from his or her own will. For relief of an ailment, as a doctor of medicine, I might write a prescription. As an ordained apostle, I would invoke the spiritual blessing of eternal perspective. Combined, my spiritual prescription would return the gift of agency to its rightful owner. Each one who resolves to climb that steep road to recovery must gird up for the fight of a lifetime, but a lifetime is a prize well worth the price. This challenge uniquely involves the will, and the will can prevail. Healing doesn't come after the first dose of any medicine. So the prescription must be followed firmly, bearing in mind that it often takes as long to recover as it did to become ill. But if made consistently and persistently, correct choices can cure. My spiritual prescription includes six choices, which I shall list alphabetically, A through F, and then comment about each. Choose to be alive, choose to believe, choose to change, choose to be different, choose to exercise, choose to be free. One, choose to be alive. Seek beloved family, friends, and physicians. Plead for their help. Your precious life is at stake. Cheer up your heart and remember that you're free to act for yourself to choose the way of everlasting death or the way of eternal life. The choice for life brings an outlook of optimism. It breathes hope. It rekindles self-esteem regarding one's body as a timeless trust. And it awakens a personal commitment to see that ye take care of these sacred things, that ye look to God and live. Two, choose to believe. Believe in God. Accept yourself as his child created in his image. He loves you and wants you to be happy. He wants you to grow through life's choices and become more like him. He pleads that you will reconcile yourself to the will of God and not to the will of the flesh. Reconciliation requires faith, repentance, and baptism. Be born of God. Changed from your carnal and fallen state to a state of righteousness. Renew covenants made at baptism by worthily partaking of the sacrament regularly that thou mayest more fully keep thyself unspotted from the world. Then be meek and lowly in heart. Withstand every temptation of the devil with faith on the Lord Jesus Christ. Choose to believe in and be blessed by your creator. Three, choose to change. How long will you suffer yourself to be led by foolish and blind guides? Yea, how long will ye choose darkness rather than light? Choose to change today. 
The spirit and the body are the soul of man. Both spirit and body have appetites. One of life's great challenges is, is to develop dominance of spiritual appetites over those physical. Your willpower becomes strong when joined with the will of the Lord. Addiction to any substance enslaves not only the physical body, but the spirit as well. Therefore, repentance is best achieved while one still has a body to help attain spiritual supremacy. This life is the time for men to prepare to meet God. This life is the day for man to perform their labors. Do not procrastinate the day of your repentance. If we do not improve our time while in this life, then cometh a night of darkness wherein there can be no labor performed. That same spirit which doth possess your bodies at the time ye go out of this life will have power to possess your body in that eternal world. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life eternal. That blessing will come with those with the will to change. Four, choose to be different. Distinguish yourself from worldly crowds. Defenders do not resemble offenders. Among them are clever merchandisers who plot to link beer with sports, tobacco with charm, and drugs with fun. Scripture warns of those who so deceive. Thus saith the Lord unto you, in consequence of evils and designs which do and will exist in the hearts of conspiring men in the last days, I have warned you and forewarned you by giving unto you this word of wisdom by revelation. His word of wisdom includes sound nutritional guidance and simple instructions. We are not to drink alcoholic beverages. We are not to use tobacco. We are not to drink tea or coffee. And in this same spirit, we are not to use addicting drugs. So to modern Israel, God has given modern counsel similar to ancient commandments recorded in the Old Testament. It is not for kings to drink wine nor for princes strong drink, lest they drink and forget the law. Woe unto him that giveth his neighbor drink, that puttest thy bottle to him, and makest him drunken. Certainly, medical research validates the physical benefits of obedience to the word of wisdom. The evidence is so great that many will be taught the right things for only half of the right reasons. With that limited understanding, could they then try a smoke, a drink, or a drug, rationalizing that just one won't hurt? Could the prospect of only future physical rewards even be bait for foolish dares of defiance now? Or to phrase these questions another way, how many would be determined to obey the will of the Lord even if physical benefits were not assured? When God asked Abraham to offer Isaac in sacrifice, did they first seek scientific confirmation that their choice to obey was medically advisable? The word of wisdom is a spiritual law. To the obedient, he proclaimed, I, the Lord, give unto them a promise that the destroying angel shall pass by them as the children of Israel and not slay them. 
At the first Passover, the destroying angel did pass over houses that were marked with blood on the doorpost. In our day, the faithful keep the word of wisdom. It is one of our signs unto God that we are his covenant people. Choose to be different. You'll be blessed both physically and spiritually. Five, choose to exercise. Exercising the body and the spirit will aid in the climb toward recovery. Appropriate physical activity helps to combat depression, which so often accompanies addiction. But spiritual exercise is even more crucial. This battle will be more easily won with fervent prayer. If we truly counsel with the Lord in all our doings, he will direct us for good. Strength comes from uplifting music, good books, and feasting from the scriptures. Since the Book of Mormon was to come forth when there shall be great pollutions upon the face of the earth, study of that book in particular will fortify us. President Benson has issued that challenge. Exercise the body and the spirit and choose to exercise faith in God. Six, choose to be free. Break bands of iniquity. Leave behind an iron yoke, handcuffs, chains, and shackles, and fetters of hell. Choose to be free from feigned friends who first flatter, yet later despise. Drug abuse may have started with them, but you pay the price. Remember, my brethren and sisters, that whosoever perisheth, perisheth unto himself. And whosoever doeth iniquity, doeth it unto himself. For behold, you're free, you're permitted to act for yourselves. For behold, God hath given unto you a knowledge, and he hath made you free. The Lord has revealed his sacred standard to guide people in a troubled world. You and I were born free to follow his divine guidance. We may choose for ourselves. Those choices may bring addiction or freedom. For freedom and joy, choose to be faithful in Christ. He will lift you up. May the hope of his glory and of eternal life rest in your mind forever. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. About to press the lesson now it's an addiction or freedom. Uh, I'm going to do one more video. And then what orders and things for me. Encounter to Young Men, April 2009. The Word of Wisdom by Edo Iris of the Seventy. If you want to do that, you can. This is the 2019 conference. Young men speak of the future because they have no past. Old men speak of the past because they have no future. I, I'm an old man, but I will speak to the young men of the Aaronic Priesthood about your future. The Aaronic priesthood you hold was restored by an angelic messenger. 
The ordination was done by the hands of the angel who announced himself as John, the same that was called John the Baptist in the New Testament. The angel explained that he was acting under the direction of Peter, James, and John, the ancient apostle who held the keys of the higher priesthood, which was called the priesthood of Melchizedek. The power and authority of the lesser Aaronic priesthood is to hold the keys of the ministering of angels and the, to administer outward ordinances, the letter of the gospel, baptism of repentance for the remission of sins agreeable to the covenants and commandments. You've been ordained to an office in the priesthood of God and given divine authority. That is not and cannot be held by kings and magistrates and great men of this earth unless they humble themselves and enter in through the gate that leads to life eternal. There are many accounts in the scriptures of young men serving. Samuel served with Eli in the tabernacle. David was a young man when he faced Goliath, and Mormon service began when he was 10. Joseph Smith was 14 when he received his first vision. And Christ was 12 when he was found in the temple teaching the wise men. Paul told young Timothy, let no man despise thy youth. When I began my career as a teacher, President J. Reuben Clark Jr. of the First Council of the First Presidency spoke to us as teacher. His words entered into my heart and has influenced me ever since. President Clark described the youth as hungry for the things of the Spirit and eager to learn the gospel. He said they want it straight, undiluted. They want to know about our beliefs. They want to gain testimonies of the truth. They are not now doubters, but inquirers and seekers after truth. President Clark continued, you do not have to sneak up behind these spiritually experienced youth and whisper religion in the ears. You can come right out face to face and talk with them. You can bring these truths to them openly. There's no need for gradual approaches. Since then, I've taught young people in the same way that I teach adults. There's some things you need to understand. The priesthood is something you cannot see, nor hear, nor touch, but it is a real authority and a real power. When I was about five years old, I became very ill. It turned out that I had polio, a disease, disease that was completely unknown to a small town doctor. I lay for several weeks on a World War I army cot in the front room beside a coal stove. Afterwards, I could not walk. I remember very clearly sliding around on the linoleum floor and pulling myself up to chairs and learning to walk again. I was more fortunate than some. A friend walked with crutches and steel braces all of his life. As I moved into school, I found that my muscles were weak. I was very self-conscious. I knew that I could never be an athlete. It did not help a lot when I read of a man who went to the doctor to find some help for his inferiority complex. After careful examination, the doctor told him, you don't have a complex, you really are inferior. <laughs> With that, for encouragement, I set out through life and determined to compensate in other things. 
I found hope in my patriarchal blessing. The patriarch, whom I had never met, confirmed to me that patriarchs do have prophetic insights. He said that I had a desire to come to earth life and was willing to meet the test that would accompany life in a mortal body. He said I'd been given a body of such physical proportion and fitness to enable my spirit to function through it unhampered by physical impediments. That encouraged me. I learned that you should always take care of your body. Take nothing into your body that will harm it, such as we are counseled in the word of wisdom. Tea, coffee, liquor, tobacco, any habit-forming, addictive, or harmful things. Read section 89 of the Doctrine and Covenants. You'll find great promises. All saints who remember to keep and do these things, walking in obedience to the commandments, shall receive help in their navel and marrow on their bones, and shall run and not be weary, and walk and not afraid. And they shall find great treasures of knowledge, and even hidden treasures, and shall run and not be weary, and shall walk and not faint. And then this promise. And I, the Lord, given to them a promise that the destroying angel will pass by them as the children of Israel and shall not slay them. You may see others who have been given a more perfect body than yours. Do not fall into the trap of feeling poorly about your, poorly about your height or weight or your features or your skin color or your race. You are a son of God. You lived in a premortal existence as an individual spirit child of heavenly parents. At the time of your birth, you received a mortal body of flesh and blood and bone in which to experience earth life. You will be tested as you prepare yourself to return to our Heavenly Father. I ask you the same question that Paul asked the Corinthians. What? Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have as God, and ye are not your own? Your gender was determined in the premortal existence. You were born a male. You must treasure and protect the masculine part of your nature. You must have respectful and protective regard for all women and girls. Do not abuse yourself. Never allow others to touch your body in any way that is unworthy. And do not touch anyone else's body in an unworthy way. Avoid the deadly portions of pornography and narcotics. These in your life, if they're in your life, beware. If allowed to continue, they can destroy you. Talk to your parents and talk to your bishop. They will help you. Do not decorate your body with tattoos or by piercing it to add jewels. Stay away from that. Do not run with friends that worry your parents. Everywhere present is the influence of Lucifer and his legion of angels. They tempt you to do things and say things and think things that would destroy. Resist every impulse that would trouble your spirit. You're not to be fearful. The prophet Joseph Smith taught that all beings who have bodies have power over those who have not. And Lehi taught that all men are instructed sufficiently that they know good from evil. 
Remember the prayerful power of your spirit will protect you. I remember when I was baptized by immersion for the remission of sins, that was appealing. I assumed that all my mistakes were now washed away. And if I never made any more mistakes in my life, I would be clean. This I resolved to do. Somehow it did not turn out that way. I found that I made mistakes, not by intention, but I made them. I once foolishly thought maybe I was baptized too soon. I, I did not understand that the ordinance of the sacrament administered by you, the Iranian priesthood, is in fact a renewing of the covenant of baptism and reinstating of the blessings connected with it. I did not see, as the revelations tell us, that I could retain a remission of my sins. If you've been guilty of sin or mischief, you must learn about the power of the atonement, how it works, and with deeply sincere repentance, you can unleash that power. It can rinse out all the small things and with deep soaking and scrubbing, it will wash away serious transgression. There's nothing from which you cannot be clean. With you always is the Holy Ghost, which was conferred upon you at the time of your baptism and confirmation. I was a priest in the Aaronic priesthood when World War II exploded on the world. I was ordained an elder when we were all marched away to war. I had dreams of following an older brother, Leon, who was at that time flying B-24 bombers in the Battle of Britain. I volunteered for Air Force pilot training. I failed the written test by one point. Then the sergeant remembered that there were several two-point questions, and if I got half right on two questions, I could pass. Part of the test was multiple choice. One question was, what is ethylene glycol for? If I had not worked in my dad's service station, I would not have known that. It was used for automobile antifreeze. And so I passed, barely. I prayed about the physical. It turned out to be fairly routine. You young men should not complain about schooling. Do not immerse yourself so much in the technical that you fail to learn things that are practical. Everything that you can learn that is practical in the house, in the kitchen, cooking, anything in the yard will be a benefit to you. Never complain about schooling. Study well and attend always. The glory of God is intelligence, or in other words, light and truth. Whatever principles or intelligence we attain in this life will rise with you in the resurrection. If we learn about things that are above the earth and things that are beneath, things that are in the earth and upon the earth and in the heaven, you can learn about fixing things and painting things and even sewing things, whatever else is practical. That is worth doing. It is not a particular benefit to you. If it is not, it will help you when you're trying to serve others. I ended up in the Orient flying the same kind of bombers that my brother flew in England. My mission, as it were, turned out to be teaching the gospel in Japan as a serviceman. Perhaps the hardest challenge of war is living with uncertainty, not knowing how it will end or if we can go ahead of our lives. I was issued a serviceman at the Book of Mormon that would fit into my pocket. 
I carried it everywhere and read it, and it became part of me. Things that had been questioned became certain to me. The certainties of the gospel, the truth that uh, you will understand, will see that through these difficult times, you'll be all right. It was four years before we could return to our lives, but I had learned and had a sure testimony that God is our Father and that we are his children, and that the restored gospel of Jesus Christ is true. Your generation is filled <clears throat> with uncertainties. A life of fun and games and expensive toys has come to an abrupt end. We move from a generation of ease and entertainment into a generation of hard work and responsibility. We do not know how long it will last. The reality of life now is part of your responsibility. It will not hurt you to want something and not have it. There's a maturing and disciplining part of that. It will be good for you. It will ensure that you can have a happy home and raise a happy family. These trials come with responsibilities in the priesthood. Some of you live in countries where most of what you eat and some of what you wear will depend on what you can be, can be produced by the family. It may be that what you can contribute will make the difference so that the rent is paid or the family is fed and housed. Learn to work and to support. The very foundation of human life in all society is the family. Established by the first commandment to Adam and Eve, our first parents, to multiply and replenish the earth and followed thereafter with the commandment, honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Be resp a responsible member of your family. Take care of your possessions, your clothing, your property. Do not be wasteful. Learn to be content. It may seem that the world's in commotion, and it is. It may seem that there are wars and rumors of war, and there are. It may seem that the future will hold trials and difficulties for you, and it will. However, Fear is the opposite of faith. Don't be afraid. I do not fear. At noon today, four young men, all grandsons, came to visit us. Three of them had young ladies on their arms. One to talk about his coming wedding, two of them to announce their engagement, and the stray to talk about his uh, mission call to Japan. We uh, talked to them about the uh, fact that one day each of you will take a pure and precious daughter of our Heavenly Father to the temple to be sealed for time and for all eternity. These young grandson must know what Alma taught, that the gospel plan is the great plan of happiness, and that happiness is the end of our existence. Of this I bear testimony. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. I just want to talk, that was by, um, it's called Counsel to Young Men's, um, by Board K. Packer. Um, I just want to talk about Word of Wisdom. When you obey the Word of Wisdom, you feel, um, 
healthier. I've tried to follow the word of wisdom best as I can. And you feel healthier. People, I realize people who smoke and other things, they drink alcohol and everything. They say, oh, I had fun. But the next day they get sick. And the problem is with that, it starts to damage the body and the facial feature and other things. And then smoking is the same way you get cancer. A lot of people say it's a can cancer stick, which is true. But when you follow the word of wisdom, it helps you through your life. It helps you to become healthier, to think mind and spirit, mind of happiness. When you do things like that, you become healthier. When you do that, you are blessed through your life, and the Savior Jesus Christ will bless you throughout your life. President Joseph Smith understand it too, the word of wisdom. When he did the Dr. Covenant, he talked about being healthy, strength and navel. When you do all that, you feel healthier, feel happier. When you do that, Heavenly Father will love you so you'll be blessed. But maybe you want to work on that. That's fine. Some people go back on things. But when you try to work you best to work on it, you'll be blessed. I promise you that when you do that, Heavenly Father will bless you when you do the word of wisdom. What President Nelson said and Barty K. Becker said. Please work on your word of wisdom. When you work on the word of wisdom, it helps you through your life. I promise that when you do the word of wisdom, Heavenly Father will help you through your life. He still loves you to this day. I promise that when you work on the word of wisdom, Heavenly Father will bless you. You get so many blessings through your life. I promise that when you do the word of wisdom, you will be happier. I say this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I hope you enjoy this rest of your week. I hope you enjoy your evening. Talk to you later. Love you. Bye-bye.